I was in college, one evening I was sitting around the dinner table with some friends. Somehow the topic of Greek philosophers came up. Such a highbrow conversation was not necessarily typical for us. The next evening we could have just as easily been talking about what happens when you use a dust buster to clean up a puddle of beer on the floor. But anyway, that evening the conversation was about famous Greek philosophers like Aristotle, Plato, Socrates, and so forth. One of my friends named Max then made a comment I would remember for a long time. His name wasn't really Aristotle, Max said, and his name wasn't really Plato either. Max had apparently taken Greek in high school. I had no idea what he was talking about. Huh? It's so funny that people think that, Max said. His name wasn't Aristotle, it was Aristoteles. And Plato's name wasn't Plato, it was Platon. Those are just anglicizations of their names. I'm almost certain Max didn't use the word anglicization, but nevertheless, I got his point. I had never really thought about it before. All my life, I had been taught that his name was Aristotle, and the other guy's name was Plato. I just assumed that when Plato arrived at the Agora, everyone greeted him with, Hey, Plato, and not, Hey, Platon. In fact, I would learn in later years that many of the words we say are distorted forms of their pure originals. The city is not called Paris, it's Paris. And Moscow isn't Moscow, it's Moskva. What is Germany? Germany doesn't exist. It's Deutschland for all real Germans. And, for that matter, who is Isaac or Abraham? Their real names are Yitzchak and Abraham. And the Pope? You must mean Papa. Shakespeare once wrote, What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. But he could have also asked, If we call a rose a Shoshana, Hebrew, or a Gül, Turkish, or a Megwe, Chinese, would it have messed up his iambic pentameter? You are listening to The Shrift, Life Tip 7, Hosea 11. One writer who was always playing around with his name was Franz Kafka. The protagonist from The Metamorphosis is named Gregor Samsa. Samsa is a variation on the last name Kafka. Kafka's protagonist in the trial was Joseph K. The K traces its meaning back to Kafka, but the Joseph does as well. Franz was named Franz by his parents in homage to the Habsburg Emperor Franz Josef, Franz Joseph, who liberated the Jews from the ghetto in 1848. The character of the singing mouse in Kafka's final story is named Josephine, a feminized version of the Joseph from the trial. One of Kafka's less well-known stories is a short one entitled The Cares of a Family Man. In this story, the head of the household, the family man, narrates about a strange miniature piece of wood in his house, 
with some thread attached to it, which can walk and even talk. The little piece of Wood's name is Odradek. Odradek. Why Odradek? The family man tells us that the name Odradek is mysterious. He says, quote, Some say the word Odradek comes from the Slavic. Others say it comes from the German and is only influenced by the Slavic. Neither hits the mark, especially since one cannot find the meaning of the word Odradek with either of them, unquote. The famous Kafka scholar Werner Hamacher wrote an essay entitled The Gesture and the Name about this curious name Odradek. Hamacher broke down this name in some interesting ways. Hamacher theorized that the K at the end of Odradek serves as the K for Kafka. The word Kafka in Czech, the meaning of this word, is actually a kind of bird, a kind of raven or a jackdaw. That's what Kafka means in Czech. The Rade in Odradek, according to Hamacher, relates to the German word for raven, Rabe, Rada, Rabe. Finally, the Ode part of Odradek means without in Czech. For Hamacher, Odradek is therefore a kind of anti-name or a collapsing or canceling out of Kafka's name. Read literally, it could mean perhaps without the raven K, Ode Rade K. Just as Odradek is not quite Slavic and not quite German, Kafka himself relates to this idea. Kafka himself does not know to which culture or nation he belongs, and this remains a perennial theme in his literature. The name Odradek questions whether Kafka's name and Kafka's character leads him anywhere, or just kind of implodes on the way there amid a torrent of dead ends. The Haftarah from this week comes from the book of Hosea. The connection between the Haftarah and the Parsha of this week, Vayetzah, is that the Haftarah briefly discusses Jacob, who is the protagonist of the Parsha this week. More on Jacob in a minute. Hosea was a prophet around the year 740 BCE. Hosea lived in the northern kingdom of Israel and witnessed this kingdom's steady decline after the death of King Jeroboam II. In chapter 12, verse 13 of the book of Hosea, the prophet writes, quote, And Jacob fled into the field of Aram, and there Israel worked in order to obtain a wife, and he tended sheep in order to receive a wife. What you will notice in this verse is that Hosea refers to Jacob by two names, Jacob and Israel. Jacob, as we all know, does have two names. Jacob and Israel are his two names. God will declare Jacob's name to be Israel in next week's Parsha of Vayishlach. In fact, several other characters in the Torah have multiple names or name changes. Abraham grew up as Avram, Sarah as Sarai. Even God has several names. Adonai, Elohim, El, Shaddai, and several more. My name is, of course, Steve. Actually, it's Stephen. However, 
When I moved to Israel several years ago and learned Hebrew, I came home one day to find a note written in Hebrew by some kids who lived in my apartment building. They had written my name in giant Hebrew letters on my door with all kinds of cute crayon drawings accompanying it. When I saw those Hebrew letters spelling out Steve, I felt for a brief moment a disorientation of my sense of self. What were those letters I had been using to write my name out all of those years? Which was the real way to spell my name? The spelling on my door spelled Steve, but it was somehow Steve and also not Steve. When we learn foreign languages, it takes us out of our automatized approach to our daily existences. Yes, my name is Steve. And yes, that red flower is a rose. And yes, the way to spell Plato is P-L-A-T-O. But when you allow yourself the chance to experience these words and names with new spellings and in new languages, you introduce an energizing disorientation into your life. When you see your name spelled out in strange letters, and you can still see that it is you, a much needed separation from self occurs. In fact, to learn a new language and to spell your name with different letters is a form of meditation. As I discussed back in episode nine, I once had the experience of meditating for so long that my ego began to fall away. I don't mean this in the sense that I stopped being egotistical. Rather, I mean that I began to see that so many of the ways I see myself are just artificial layers. And in fact, the name, one's name, is just another of these layers. I realized during this meditation session that I was not really Steve, but instead, more precisely, a living, breathing Homo sapien. It is important to recognize that our names are to us what clothing is to our bodies. It may cover us and identify us, but it can never really be us. One way to come to this realization is through meditation, and another is through escaping from your mother tongue into new languages. Shakespeare once said, what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. I sometimes wish Kafka had gotten his hands on Shakespeare's quote. He would have said, in turn, what's in a name? That which we call a rose smells a little less sweet each time we try to name it. Il est entré dans mon cœur, il 
de pauvre bonheur dont je connais la cause. Amour à plus finir, un grand bonheur qui prend sa place, des ennuis, des chagrins s'effacent, heureux, heureux, en mourir. Quand il me prend dans ses bras, il me parle tout bas, je vois la vie en rose. Il me dit des mots d'or. De tous les jours, et ça me fait quelque chose. Il est entré dans mon cœur une part de bonheur dont je connais la cause. C'est toi pour moi, moi pour toi dans la vie. Tu me l'as dit. Alors je sens dans moi 